back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern. One of the benefits of producing a show like this is that I can read poems that I like. <laughs> We've done that for several of them already, poems that are just, that I have some kind of affection for. Today's poem is another one of those poems, but it's also one of those poems that makes me angry, shall we say, <laughs> because T.S. Eliot wrote Preludes when he was something like 22 years old. That is deeply frustrating for me and probably for anybody who tries to write poetry, even on occasion. But it's also proof of the genius that is T.S. Eliot. And as the run of this show continues, we're going to, I'm sure, be hearing from T.S. Eliot fairly regularly. He's often considered confusing or, you know, the impressionistic nature of his work can sometimes be um, discouraging, uh, can be unapproachable. But this is a poem that, while certainly somewhat impressionistic, it's, um, it's full of images that are at the heart of what poetry, great poetry aims to be. It's the particular, um, particular instances expressing something universal. And, and I love that about this poem. So this is T.S. Eliot's Preludes. One. The winter evening settles down with smells of steaks and passageways. Six o'clock. The burnt-out ends of smoky days. And now a gusty shower wraps the grimy scraps of withered leaves about your feet and newspapers from vacant lots. The showers beat on broken blinds and chimney pots. And at the corner of the street, a lonely cab horse steams and stamps. And then the lighting of the lamps... Two. The morning comes to consciousness of faint, stale smells of beer from the sawdust-trampled street with all its muddy feet that press to early coffee stands. With the other masquerades that time resumes, one thinks of all the hands that are raising dingy shades in a thousand furnished rooms. Three. You tossed a blanket from the bed. You lay upon your back and waited. You dozed and watched the night revealing the thousand sordid images of which your soul was constituted. They flickered against the ceiling. And when all the world came back, and the light crept up between the shutters, and you heard the sparrows in the gutters, you had such a vision of the street as the street hardly understands. Sitting along the bed's edge, where you curled the papers from your hair, or clasped the yellow soles of feet in the palms of both soiled hands. 4. His soul stretched tight across the skies that fade behind a city block, or trampled by insistent feet at four and five and six o'clock, and short square fingers stuffing pipes and evening newspapers and eyes assured of certain certainties, the conscience of a blackened street impatient to assume the world. I am moved by fancies that are curled around these images and cling, the notion of some infinitely gentle, infinitely suffering thing. Wipe your hand across your mouth and laugh. The world revolves like ancient women gathering fuel in vacant lots. I've heard it said that sometimes the individual images in Eliot's poetry are um, what's so difficult about him. But then when you put them all together, I guess they would call that the sum of the parts, it becomes um, something transcendent, something moving. Um, and I think that there's something to that. I think that one of the things that those images do when you put them together is they create tone and mood. 
And this is one of those kinds of poems that if there's one thing that I think is worth reflecting on or kind of um, wallowing in, well, that's perhaps a negative word, but um, bathing in, shall we say, is this concept of mood, of tone, of the energies that the poem kind of produces. And I think that the way that he uses images and language together, the way they mesh together and coalesce, creates the tone um, that expresses sort of the disillusionment that he's trying to get across, uh, the disillusionment that was representative of the time in which this poem was written, you know, the early 1900s, the World War I era. Um, I think this is right before the war. But the world was changing very fast. And I think that there's a disillusionment that comes with that, that of course was fulfilled in the next, the next couple decades. But the combination of the images and the tone that he's creating there, the way he expresses the language with the images creates a tone that is consistent with that. With that in mind, I will read it one more time. It's a little longer, so you can feel free to turn this off and listen later, or not at all if you'd like, but I'll read it one more time. This is Preludes by T.S. Eliot. One. The winter evening settles down with smells of steaks and passageways. Six o'clock. The burnt-out ends of smoky days. And now a gusty shower wraps the grimy scraps of withered leaves about your feet and newspapers from vacant lots. The showers beat on broken blinds and chimney pots, and at the corner of the street a lonely cab horse steams and stamps, and then the lighting of the lamps. 2. The morning comes to consciousness of faint, stale smells of beer from the sawdust trampled street, with all its muddy feet that press to early coffee stands. With the other masquerades that time resumes, one thinks of all the hands that are raising dingy shades in a thousand furnished rooms. 3. You tossed a blanket from the bed. You lay upon your back and waited. You dozed and watched the night revealing the thousand sordid images of which your soul was constituted. They flickered against the ceiling, and when all the world came back and the light crept up between the shutters and you heard the sparrows in the gutters, you had such a vision of the street as the street hardly understands. Sitting along the bed's edge, where you curled the papers from your hair or clasped the yellow soles of feet, the palms of both soiled hands. 4. His soul stretched tight across the skies that fade behind a city block or trampled by insistent feet at 4 and 5 and 6 o'clock, and short square fingers stuffing pipes and evening newspapers and eyes assured of certain certainties, the conscience of a blackened street impatient to assume the world. I am moved by fancies that are curled around these images and cling. The notion of some infinitely gentle, infinitely suffering thing. Wipe your hand across your mouth and laugh. The worlds revolve like ancient women gathering fuel in vacant lots. This has been The Daily Poem. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you.